Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. I am your father. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? I'm always gonna love you. I'm always gonna love you too. Expecto Patronum! We all believe we'd run into the burning building. Avengers! How's it going, everybody? Welcome back into episode number three. Episode number three, we are here for the Fanatic Film Review. I am your host, Jack Lauderay. Hope you all are having a fantastic Wednesday when this is coming out or whenever you're listening to it. I want to first off thank you all so much for the support on the first full episode of the podcast we did on Dear Evan Hansen. That one was really, really fun to do, but also I feel important to do because I think that that's a topic that's very important to talk about in this community. So I do thank you all so much for uh, supporting that. But today we are talking about a superhero movie. You guys know I love my comic book movies, my superhero movies, and we're talking about a doozy today. We are talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the sequel to the first Venom movie. Very excited to talk about this one today. I got a lot of really good stuff I want to talk about, a lot of really great things that I want to dissect in this. And of course, of course, the main thing we're talking about is that incredibly massive mid credit scene and what it means for our characters of Eddie Brock and Venom. But before we do that, we're going to hop into my review, which aired on Monday on my YouTube channel, Jack Lauderay. Go enjoy that. We'll be right back. What's going on, guys? Welcome back into another video. And today is another movie review. We're back doing weekly movie reviews. So excited to talk about this film today because we got another big blockbuster coming out today. Yes, this past weekend, we have the newest installation in the Marvel. I don't want to say the MCU because not technically in the MCU, but greater Marvel Universe. Y'all already know what we're talking about. Say we were talking about the sequel to the original Venom. Venom, let there be carnage. Now, I did finally see the first Venom movie. I watched it the night before I went to the theater to watch this. So fresh in my mind, I do have my thoughts on the first two movies and safe to say I enjoyed them for what they were. Basically what we're going to do is we're going to get into the good, get into the bad, tell you what I liked, tell you what I didn't like. Then we will get into the point breakdown. So excited to talk about this one. And not only that, this is also going to be this week's episode of the podcast as well. We're going to be talking about Venom. Let there be carnage in more detail, but I think without further ado, let's just hop right in and let's get going. I, I mean, there, there's a lot to talk about here. I, like I said, I saw the original the night before, so my thoughts were very fresh on both of them. And I'm very, very excited to talk about them because I, the basis of these films is they are supposed to be fun and action-packed. That's the entire basis of these. They're like Deadpool films. They are. They're like the films of the Deadpool franchise. They're supposed to be funny. They're supposed to be fun and have a lot of really crazy action. And that's what these films are. They accomplish that to a T. And I really like that and respect that. And like that that's the way that they take it. It's absolutely fantastic. But let's get into the goods. The first good is kind of harkening back to the first one as well. The thing I like so much about the first Venom is the Eddie and Venom relationship. You know, the the old, I like to say they're the old married couple that we, we've we always needed. 
Uh, they, they really are. And that's kind of what the second film is is kind of teasing at and talking about is them really like a married couple and the relationship that they have. So basically the point I'm trying to make here is that was the thing I love so much about the first one. They upped the ante in this one in all the best ways. Not now. It's not, I have this foreign symbiote in my body. I have no idea what you are. Now it's, how am I going to accept living with this symbiote in me and and, and, and and the relationship between them. That's the next step in this relationship. And I really like that this is the the path that they took. And it led to more funny, quippy conversations that I really, really wanted to have. And, and it was, and it was there and it was really well done. And I, I left with some laughs. I had a smile on my face when I walked out and it was, it was really good. Andy Serkis directs a really great movie. I, I think Andy Serkis is one of the really good working talents in Hollywood today. Obviously, he's known mainly for his mocap performances, you know, most notably Caesar in uh, the Planet of the Apes trilogy. And he really stretched his directorial chops here. I think the cinematography is overall really beautiful. There are some really awesome shots throughout the film. Uh, we saw a lot of them in the trailer, but there's no, no doubt that it's it's pretty well shot and a little jarring at times, but that's that's more due to kind of, again, the relationship. The whole film is based on the relationship between Eddie and Venom, and you can see that in the, the ways that, you know, the film is shot, the ways that it's composed, and I, I really liked that. I think Andy Serkis really did a fantastic job at directing this film. One of the high points for me overall, Woody Harrelson is having the time of his life in this film. You can tell he is. And he gives a remarkable performance, like scary good. And by scary good, also just scary. It's a scary performance, but it's extremely, extremely well done. And something I'm going to remember for a while because it really was a haunting performance by by Woody Harrelson. And I do have some issues with his arc in the, in the writing of his arc, but we'll get into that in the negatives. But him and his performance were a bright spot in this film, and I'm very glad he was cast to play Carnage. It was it was extremely well done, and a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and that's why I'm going to keep coming back to It's fun, it's fun, it's fun, and that's what this film is. The action. The action is great. I think it's composed very nicely. I like when we get to see the symbiotes against each other and seeing the different abilities that they have and how you're going to counter them and fight them. Venom is kind of the if you're looking at this like a video game he's kind of like the level one character who doesn't have a lot of special abilities he's just kind of is a symbiote and he's got the, the the kind of the base symbiotic abilities and then you've got you know the carnages of the world and, and then i forget the the one in the first film but 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 you get like the carnages who have who are more advanced have more advanced skill sets weapons and things like that and it's very interesting to watch and see hey how how is Venom and Eddie going to overcome a villain that is like them, but but more powerful in many ways? Now, I do like, and this is a spoiler review, I just want to say it off the top, I do like that the main reason why Venom is able to beat Carnage is because Carnage and his host are not a perfect match, whereas Eddie and Venom are a perfect match, and that's how they're able to best Carnage. I kind of liked that. I liked the writing of that, but... I think overall the action and, and seeing how Venom overcomes, you know, realistically and subjectively more powerful villains, 
uh, how he overcomes those battles. And I really enjoyed that. And it's, it's, it's really well done here. It really is. The quick runtime. It's only about an hour and a half. I think it's like an hour 36. Um, I really liked that. Cut to the chase. The pacing was phenomenal. Didn't have any problems with it at all. We got into the third act pretty swiftly, and I loved that. Cut to the chase. Get where we're going. We don't need to do a lot of um, a lot of world building because we did that in the first movie. It's kind of my gripe with the first movie is that the first the first act or so is a little slow, but a lot of that is world building and kind of you know introducing us to the characters in the world. So I get that. And the great part about that is the second movie you don't have to do that. You can cut to the chase. Get where you're going. And I liked that. I really did enjoy that. It was freaking awesome. And, you know, just because a movie's short doesn't mean it's bad. A movie can still accomplish things in a short runtime. And this is a great example of that because Venom, uh, Let There Be Cars, was able to do that and accomplish it in a short runtime. And I, I, I really did enjoy it. I think that was great. The mid credit scene is awesome. I love it. I'm not getting into detail on that here. That is going to be the the big thing I talk about in my episode of the podcast, Fanatic Film Review. So go over to the podcast. Um, it'll be out on Wednesday. I'm going to leave the link in the description. Go uh, rate, review, subscribe. Got to do that plug for you guys. I'm not going to talk about the mid credit scene here. I'm going to go in depth on it, my theories, what I think's going on in my podcast. So go over there, rate, review, subscribe. Go check it out. Episode three is going to be on Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and that awesome mid-credits scene. Had to do that plug, but the post-credits scene was sick. That's what I'll say. All right, with the good comes the bad. Let's get into the negatives. So I said Woody Harrelson is great, and he is. I think he's one of the best parts of the film, but his arc, I didn't love his arc. And I don't know if I said I didn't love his arc. I didn't love the love interest. I didn't think she contributed a lot. Um think she was underwritten don't think she was written very well um and i think that having her ability be the exact opposite kind of the kryptonite of the symbiotes didn't dig it i understand what they were going for didn't really think it landed i didn't think his arc was completely well written is what i'll say it's kind of a generic revenge story which works in some cases i liked how it worked with with eddie but in the grand scheme, didn't really love it. That's what I'll say. The writing overall, I don't think is fantastic. I think there's some plot holes. I think it's not completely just that good. But it is. it does kind of fall into a Fast and Furious realm where these movies aren't necessarily supposed to be the most sound written movies, but they're supposed to be a lot of fun, very action-packed, and very funny. So... This all comes and wraps around again to kind of what I like to call the Fast and Furious Syndrome, where, yeah, the movie's maybe not that well-written, but it's a lot of fun on screen, and I had a great time. So that's not that big of a gripe I have with it. Um, I think the best parts written are the Eddie and Venom relationship. I do think that that's done well, and I did rate this movie higher than I rated the original Venom. I will say that as well. So that's just one negative I have. Better than the first, but that's not saying a lot because I did in enjoy the first one. But again, it, it falls in the trap of the Fast and Furious where it's not great written-wise. It's not this this great piece of cinema. You know, even though I really enjoyed a lot of the aspects of it, you still have to be realistic as well. And I got to keep my critic, rep not reputation, my critic, um, 
I don't know. Uh, I got. I, mean, I don't know. Re- uh, not reputation, but you guys know what I'm saying. I, I, my credibility. You got to keep your credibility and and you know look at the movie for all reasons. And I'm. You guys will see when I give the rating. It's still an average movie. I think there's a lot of really high points. I don't think it's the best in terms of technical prowess or the written side, but I do think the direction is very strong. I think that the performances, most of the performances are pretty good. And again, the thing that anchors it all is that Eddie Brock and Venom relationship. I think that's done well. And I did really enjoy that. So that's it with the review, uh, the good and the bad. (coughs) Sorry, just sneezed. I'm sorry if I just blew your eardrums out. Um, But with that, let's get in. To the Point Breakdown. Let's do it right now. I'm very excited to talk about this one. I got to pull it up on my phone. Please excuse me. Go follow me on Letterboxd. That's what I'm pulling up right now. Here we go. Entertainment. I gave a 12 out of 15. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Had a good time. Performances, 11 out of 15. I did tick that up from the first one. I actually did, thanks to Woody Harrelson's performance. Writing, 10 out of 15. Uh, knocked five points. I don't think it's anything great, but I don't think it's anything terrible either. Uh, the direction I gave a nine out of 10. Again, Andy Serkis is fantastic in this. Uh, the emotion I gave a six out of 10. The emotion, actually, I forgot to mention this, is one of the weaker points of the film. I did not feel any emotion for our characters at all. Uh, that's just kind of how it is. And I hate to say it. Cinematography, eight out of 10. Like I said, there are some really awesome shots in there. Sound, three out of five. Didn't think there's anything spectacular about it. Just kind of was there. Uh, the score, four out of five. Enjoyed it. Pacing five out of five. One of the things I will continue to harken back to is I love the short runtime. I think that that worked to its strength. I think it was very, very well done. Rewatchability five out of five and the automatic five out of five points, which means if you did the math, that means I gave, I gave Venom Let There Be Carnage a 78 out of 100. I gave the original Venom a 77 out of 100. So it only got one more point than the original, but I did enjoy it for what it was. Like I said, don't go in thinking you're going to get a very rich written story with lots of awesome themes and things like that this is not the peak of cinema but it is a lot of fun it's very funny it's very action-packed it's like a deadpool it's like a fast and furious that's what these films are and i think that they do that to their strength really enjoyed it let me know your thoughts down below in the comments what did you think that is pretty much it guys i want you all uh to subscribe if you have not already that's one thing i'll say we're tr- we got to 800 subscribers. Thank you all so much. Next is 900 and then 1,000. We got to do that. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, go subscribe if you have not already. Again, like the video. Go check out the podcast, Fanatic Film Review. Rate, review, subscribe if you have not already. Episode three is going to be on Venom. Let there be carnage. And that is pretty much it, guys. I want to thank you all so much for watching. Again, go down in the comments. Let me know what you thought of Venom. Let there be carnage. Have a great rest of day. We'll see you in the next video. All right, that is it. That is my review of Venom. Let there be carnage. I gave it a 78 out of 100, which is only one point above um, what I gave the first one. I gave the first one a 77 out of 100. I gave this one a 78 out of 100. So what we're going to do first, I'm just going to expand a little bit on my thoughts from the review, and then I promise you we will get in to talking and theorizing about that mid-credit scene because I do definitely have my theories. I have my thoughts. We're going to get into it and we're going to talk about it. But I think the thing I really want to talk about here first off is just how much fun this film is. And it really really is a lot of fun. And that's kind of the thing that I really want to drive home here is 
just because I gave this film a 78 out of 100 does not mean it's a bad movie. And that's the thing, that's like kind of where I go back and forth on my movie rating system. I like it for certain aspects, but I also don't like it for a lot of aspects as well. And one of those aspects is for something like a Venom Let There Be Carnage or a Fast 9 or something like that, where I may have a lot of fun at the theater. I may think it's a lot of fun, really action-packed, but I may not rate it as high because of the movie rating system that I have. If you guys are not aware, I have a numerical system in which I rate movies. Some categories are weighted higher than others. I get a lot of flack for that at work. I'm going to I'm going to be completely honest because I'll say some very complimentary things about a movie but rate it really low. I'll say some things I don't like about a movie but I'll rate it really high. And I think the thing people need to understand is that every category, I think I have like what is it like 10 or 11 like categories in my rating system and they're they're not all weighted the same some are weighted more than others you know some categories are only weighted five points where other categories like entertainment or performances are 15 points so that's something i think people need to understand when they when i come into my rating system is that I may be highly complimentary of some aspects of a film. That doesn't mean that the film is going to be rated extremely high. It's just not how it works. So I hope that I hope that uh, you guys uh, and, and the people that are that doubt my rating system at some time can understand that. So that's kind of the case here with Venom: Let There Be Carnage is the fact that I enjoy it for a lot. There's a lot of things I really really like about it, but in the grand scheme, it's not. A perfect movie at all I think it's highly flawed and I think that you know it's a, it's just a lot of fun it's a lot of fun but let's get it more in depth on some of the things that I really loved I'm gonna pull out my notebook here because I got my notes here I mean these films the first the first film the thing I love so much about the first film and I talked about this in my review already is that Eddie and Venom relationship I think that that is so unique and something that I have not really ever seen in a superhero movie, let alone really any movie, that I can remember, is this this relationship with like a parasite or a you know they call it a symbiote, but like a parasite, and how it interacts and how they are two very different you know I'll say people in air quotes, two very different entities and personalities, yet they get along so well. But I think the thing that that this film does. A lot better than the first and that's not really knocking the first piece the first film has to do the task of you know setting the stage introducing us to the characters world building things like that so I don't want to necessarily blame the first film because I think it had its own challenges and I think it accomplished them in a good way but what this film did was it added tension and conflict in these two very different personalities living in a body together and wanting different things wanting to accomplish different goals that wasn't really tackled in the first film because really it was the shock and the culture shock of what is this symbiote who are you why are you in my body what's happening this is the classic progression of a relationship it's exactly what this film is and i'm very excited to see this uh, even further in the i assume third installment of this uh, franchise because I know we will get a third one because of the mid credit scene 
the way that something very shocking is set up, which we will talk about later in the in the podcast, and also because the film is doing really well in the box office. I, it's on pace to I, I think close to ninety million opening weekend, which is post pandemic era is just insane. So I I definitely think we are going to see a Venom three. I have no doubt in my mind. And I am very excited to, and intrigued to see where this relationship goes. Because I think that that is by far one of the most intriguing parts of the film. And I think it's one of the better written parts of the film. I loved Woody Harrelson in this film. But the problem is that I don't like his arc. I don't like how he's written. You know, I, the whole thing about friendship. And, 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 and this, is, this is also a spoiler. We're into spoilers now. I tried to keep the regular review as spoiler-free as possible. But the podcast, we're in spoiler territory. We're, we're diving more deep into it. So I, I really like Woody Harrelson's performance, but I don't think he's written extremely well. Uh, I think that his arc is kind of wasted. I didn't love the whole, I just wanted to be your friend, Eddie. I, I, I can kind of understand what they're trying to accomplish there. Like, like, I kind of get it, but I just think for that backdrop and for that like that type of movie, I don't really think that that's really something that I really loved. And, and it wasn't really earned either, if I'm being completely honest, because all that we know is that Eddie had had some interactions with Cletus beforehand. But we didn't see any of those exchanges. That's just kind of was part of the exposition at the beginning of the movie. So we don't really have a lot of a you know emotional attachment to Cletus and the relationship that he had built up with Eddie. That's just not there. So therefore, I feel like that is a little poorly written, and I didn't really buy it and didn't really care for it. In all honesty, <laughs> um, but that's kind of, that's kind of my thoughts on that. I think. Woody Harrelson's performance is fantastic. There's no doubt that that is definitely fact of the matter, and you can tell he's having the time of his life, and that's great because that brings out a better performance. But I do think that the writing in that aspect was a little weak. I'll say weak. Sorry that I yawned there. It's uh, we're getting to the later parts of the evening. Um, I love the action. I loved Andy Serkis's direction, and in the end, the thing that I think I really liked was was the short runtime. Uh, that was something that was extremely slept on and not really talked about because, well, not slept, not talked about. It was it was actually talked about. It's actually a pretty big headline. Was that the runtime was so short and people were not really loving that decision? I can understand that to a point. But I think it worked here. Like, we didn't need all the exposition that we got in the first movie. Like, we, we already had it from the first movie. And that, that was one of the parts where I think the first movie struggled is that at the beginning, of the, like, the first act of the movie is, is, is extremely, extremely slow and just hard to get through. So I think, I, I personally think that, you know, cutting to the chase in this one, getting to the action, getting to the fun is, is, a strength because that is what 
these films thrive off of is the action is the jokes is the fun so to not have to do all the exposition to get right into the action and the fun and the funniness and having a shorter runtime with a more concise and clear story I think was a strength I think that's that's part of where F9 failed I think F9 was a long but it is over two and a half hours if I remember correctly and it was a lot of pointless action. Now, I ended up really enjoying it for the action, for the storylines, and, and you know the Easter eggs and things like that. But if we're getting to the nitty-gritty and the writing and the story, it just was too long and too convoluted and too just too much. I, I you know, but, I, but here, this is how you do it. You're going to make a movie like this, which is very action-heavy, very comedy-heavy. I think a shorter runtime is better. Cut to the chase, get to the point, let's have some fun. So I, I do have to credit everyone involved in the movie for that because I think that that is something that was very, very, very well done. All right. But y'all are here for one reason. Y'all are here for one reason. Let's talk about that mid credit scene. I teased it in my, in my video review. Teased it. But let's get into it. All right. So if you have not seen this, Either, if you don't care about being spoiled, just hang out and we'll talk about it. If you have not seen it and you do not want to be spoiled, go watch the movie and then click back on after and uh, put this on your car ride home and we will uh, we'll discuss it while you, while you drive home. Um, all right, so here is what it is. So we got Eddie and Venom sitting in a hotel room. They're on the run because they killed Cletus at the end of the movie. And Venom is basically like, yo, I've got all this knowledge that you can't even imagine because I've lived, you know, thousands and thousands of years. I've seen the universe, things like that. So Eddie's like, show me. Or, or, and he's basically saying, like, you can't even comprehend it. But Eddie's, Eddie's like, well, you know, show me, you know, what you can. So so Venom starts to show him some some stuff in his mind. And, he, you know, Ven, you know, Brock, Eddie gets a little, seems a little, uh, a little, little, little worried or scared or, or a little uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden, Venom gets all, like, you know, weird. He's like, wait, what's going on? What's going on? It's like a flashing light. And then they're in a completely different hotel room. Completely different hotel room. And in the first hotel room, they were watching a soap opera on TV. In this hotel room, when we go to the TV, it is J. Jonah Jameson's report from the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. And Venom walks up to the TV and we see a picture of Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Therefore confirming that Venom and Eddie Brock have been transported in some way, shape, or form to the MCU. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. People are speculating, oh, I don't know, what does this mean? It's, it, guys, it's right in front of you. Eddie and Venom are in the MCU now. They just got transported into the MCU. So, there we go. That is our entrance into the MCU with uh, Venom and Eddie Brock. Now, the, before, before I get into my theories and what I think about this, I do want to make this point. This is great, not just because they're in the MCU, but, but it's great because Sony and Marvel are more involved with each other than I think I even thought they were. Because... Obviously, they've given us Peter Parker and Spider-Man, the, the IP, to put in the MCU. And obviously, Michael Keaton's Vulture 
showed up at the end of the Mo- M- Morbius trailer. But that's all we really got. And, and you know, we had, you know, the, the contract disputes that happened about a year or two years ago and not knowing what was going to happen with Spider-Man in the MCU. Was he going to be pulled? Were we never going to see him again? But for this to happen... And yes, obviously I know that that is the Spider-Man verse and Sony could take it back and blah, 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 whatever. But that Spider-Man is set in the MCU. He's fought with the Avengers and Tony Stark and Iron Man and Captain America. Like, he's part of the MCU. So I think that that was something that had to be planned, not just with the heads up, uh, the, 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 up the bigger heads at Sony, but that Kevin Feige is definitely involved there. Feige was definitely involved. So that that makes me feel a lot better about this partnership. I was very worried. I thought it was kind of a rocky thing. I didn't know if Peter was going to be pulled from the MCU. I didn't know if we were going to see him. Like I was very worried. With this, I am a bit more confident about that partnership, and I think we are in for a really awesome future with the Spider-Men, Spider-Verse in the MCU. I'm very, very excited. Now, it's hard for me to theorize because it's a quick post credit scene. We still don't know what's going to happen in No Way Home. I have no idea what's going on. So it's hard to theorize. There's only one theory I can really give right now, and that is how it happened, where are they, what is going on. Basically, if I had to guess, watching the scene, my thought is that when Doctor Strange does the spell, and you remember in the trailer, you know, it kind of there's a bunch of bright flashes and lights and stuff when the spell goes wrong. Is that not a bright flash from when the spell goes wrong when Eddie and Venom are transported into the MCU? That's my theory. I think that that is a side effect of this the spell that Doctor Strange tried to cast going wrong. That is my theory I think that that is directly correlated with the events of Spider-Man No Way Home I do not think we are going to see Eddie and Venom in Spider-Man I in No Way Home I do not believe that I don't think that's going to happen I just don't in complete honesty but I think that that is a side effect of the events of No Way Home and it wouldn't surprise me if we see a post credit scene in No Way Home and Venom shows up. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I don't think he's going to show up in the main arc of the movie. I think there's a lot and too much going on in that movie to be able to have Venom in there. More stuff that I know that I'm not allowed to disclose. But... My main theory is that that is a side effect of Doctor Strange's spell going wrong. That's what I think. I'm very interested to see how it plays out. I Look, like I said, I watched the first Venom the night before I watched the second one, which was at the time of recording this two days ago. So this, this is my first experience with Eddie Brock and Venom. I love the characters. I really do. I, I would love to see them in the MCU. I would love to see them in more movies and projects. I'm all for that. All for that. So, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think this is a great thing. I'm very, very excited to see them in the MCU. In what capacity? I don't know. Is it a big role? Is it a small role? Again, I think there will be a Venom 3. 
because I think that Venom 2 is going to kill at the box office. The first one killed at the box office. I think people like these movies. They're fun. They're funny. They are like Deadpool movies. It's what they are. So I think the potential is there. I'm very excited. I want you guys to go in, down wherever you can comment or you can con- go go to my Twitter and comment. I don't, again, I'm still new to podcasts. I don't really know how this works. Go wherever you can go and let me know what you think of this post credit scene. What do you think it entails? What do you think the future of the MCU holds for Eddie and Venom? Very interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Let me know. I'm very, very excited to go more in detail with it. All right. So that is it for my review of Venom. I forgot to do this at the end of the last podcast. Basically, in every podcast, I want to have this segment called What I Watched Last Week. Basically, giving me the opportunity to talk about some of the things I watched that I may not necessarily cover in in on my channel or on the podcast so I think that this is just something for me to talk about the tv I've been watching the movies I've been watching the things like that it's not gonna be a very long segment it's just something I'm gonna attack on at the end of each episode hope you guys like it but I think let's just get into it and finish out the episode so I'm gonna start with tv um now with my job it's very hard because I just don't have a lot of time at all in the free time you know I work very long hours very long days um so it's very hard for me to find time. And when I have time, I'm going to the theater to watch movies and making content or watching college football, which I have on my TV right now as I am recording this. But I did start watching Seinfeld yesterday for the first time. I've never seen Seinfeld before. It just came out on Netflix. I'm in season two. I freaking love it so far. I think it's hilarious. I love the characters. Everything about it is fantastic. It is literally called a TV show about nothing. It really is a TV show about nothing, but it's relatable. It's funny. I cannot. I, I am going to rip through it. It's such a good show. I love it. If you've not seen it, go watch it. It's just a damn good time. I never was on the Seinfeld train, didn't really know what the whole deal was about it, but I totally get it now. I, I get it. I, I am so invested. I love this show. I, I, I love it. I really love it. So that's all I watched on TV. That's it. And then the other movie that I watched. Well, I mean, I'll talk about Venom for a second uh, because I didn't really get to talk about it. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't really love. I mean, I think Riz Ahmed is good in the movie. I just didn't really love. I didn't love his. uh, It's kind of the MCU trope where it's like. The same. The villain is the same as the hero. Which is the same thing that happens in this one, but I think it's a little more drawn. I think I think it's a little more. I think, I think it's written better. Um, but I think it was funny. It was action packed. I really did like the exposition. I think that the first act is extremely long and drawn out. But with that being said, I really like the ex- the exhibition. Again, the relationship between Eddie and Venom is one of the best parts of this entire franchise, and that is the same in this film. It's exactly the same. And I really enjoyed it. And then the other film I watched was The Many Saints of Newark. I did check this film out. I've never seen The Sopranos. I, I was going to try to watch it before this came out, but I just didn't have the time. So I just kind of watched it beforehand. 
And I think a lot of people did that as well. It's a, The Sopranos is a long show, and it's going to take time, and I'll get to it eventually. Because, because I'm invested now because of this. It's one of the things that this movie did, is it, is it left open questions that I assume will be answered in the show that I'm very excited to dive into. So once I finish Seinfeld, I am going to start The Sopranos. Um, I was left thoroughly intrigued, in a good way. Uh, yes, there was a lot that was going on in here. I think it was very exposition-heavy, and it, with a runtime of two hours, it's very hard to execute that, and I don't think it was done 100%. Um, I think it was lackluster at times. I think the performances are really, really well done. I think the writing is overall pretty solid, but again, I think it's extremely exhibition exposition filled um and that that would left a little to be desired um but i think and and i i saw someone write this i forget who it was i want to give them credit but i forgot they said i wonder if this would have been better as a limited series and you know what i kind of agree there's a lot going on here a lot that i think needed to be drawn out a little bit i think we needed more moments to breathe for some of these storylines but overall I think it was solidly done I liked a lot of the decisions they made and I am definitely going to check out the Sopranos once I finish Seinfeld I really enjoyed it but I want you guys to let me know go to my Twitter go to go to any of my social media it's all going to be linked below this podcast and let me know what did you watch last week what you got cooking on your on your screen what are you enjoying let me know another film that I have not watched yet that I'm going to in the next few days is The Guilty uh, Antoine Fuqua and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal I, I wanted to watch it this weekend it just wasn't enough time in the day and, and today I spent all day watching college football and none of my bets hit and I'm very sad but I am going to watch that sometime this weekend the next week is no time to die I'm so excited everything I've heard is that that film is fantastic it's really a great send off for Daniel Craig's James Bond and I think it's going to be absolutely awesome now I do want to leave you guys with this. I have my schedule for po- for podcasts through November 10th. So I want this to go out every week on Wednesday. So this is basically what it's going to be. So next week, on the 13th, we are doing No Time to Die. Very excited to talk about the finale of James Bond. We're going to talk about the legacy of Bond, the legacy of Daniel Craig's Bond. May give you guys a little bit of a, of a preview to my ranking of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies, which will go out later that week on my YouTube channel, but we'll get into that in that. October 20th, we're going to talk about The Last Duel. Very excited for that film. I've heard nothing but good things about it. A stellar cast. Looks like a very intriguing story. I'm very, very, very excited to talk about that film. Then we have a special emergency episode on October 23rd, and if you hear the date, you probably know what it's for. Dune. We're talking about Dune. We are going in-depth on Dune. I'm going to try to get a guest on to talk about this film. I am extremely excited about it. Like, just, I, it's just, I can't even state how excited I am for this movie. So we are doing a special emergency episode on October 23rd to break down this film. So you're getting two podcast episodes that week. You're getting The Last Duel on the 20th and Dune on October 23rd. Very, very excited. And then on October 27th, we'll talk about the other big film that came out that weekend, The French Dispatch. Talk about why I love Wes Anderson, why he's one of my favorite directors working today, and get more in detail about that film. November 3rd, we're hitting another one of my favorite directors, and we're going to be talking about The Last Night in Soho, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. 
And then, of course, November 10th, what do you think we're talking about? We're talking about The Eternals. I am so excited to be covering my first MCU movie on this podcast. And you know we're going to have guests on for this one. I can guarantee that. So it's going to be freaking awesome. So that's the next six podcast episodes for you guys. We got No Time to Die, The Last Duel, Dune, The French Dispatch, Last Night in Soho, and Eternals. So guys, that is pretty much it. I want to thank you all so much again for the support on episode number two. Uh, I had a lot of fun making it, a lot of fun editing it and just kind of talking. And I really, really think that I, I'm going to enjoy doing this podcast. It's very therapeutic for me. It's something that I don't have to heavily edit. I can just sit down, talk for a while, get my thoughts out and just have a good time and talk with you guys about things that I want to discuss around the world of films and media. So if you enjoy Please go rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on on any of the po- Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It, it's everywhere. It, it's on all the sites. You can find it. It's everywhere. And the thing I want to say is if you're on Apple, please review. Like, like write a written review. You can rate it. And I do have some ratings on there, and I do appreciate you guys for leaving those ratings. But also leave a review because from what I've learned and what I've been told, that is how you can you know get it recommended to more people is by leaving an actual review. So go down below. If you hit that five stars, make sure you write a review. I really do appreciate you guys. I want to thank you all so much for listening. I want you all to have a great rest of your week. Go to a theater, watch a movie, or sit down on your couch and watch some TV. I cannot wait to discuss No Time to Die next week with you guys. Have a rest of your week, and we'll see you in the next episode.